Hi, you're listening to the podcast of Victory Santa Rosa. We pray that this message encourages you on your journey of faith in Jesus. We have decided to come up with a, a sermon series that will help equip our people in victory, whether in Metro Manila or even across the Philippines, uh, to gain some foundational mindset and perspective on helping transform, bringing transformation in our nation. And it should start with the basic institutions uh, in, in a nation, and there are basic institutions, biblical institutions in, 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 our, in our society. And so we have the family, institution of the family, the church, and the nation, and the government, civil government, our, our nation. Yung po yung three institutions. Isama na rin po natin, pang-apat, self-government. Kung meron po tayo nun. Dapat po meron tayo nun. Tama ho ba? Self-government. So, but before we can look at civil government and start looking at how we should be responding to that, I think it, it's, it behooves us to also understand self-government, the importance of families, and the church. And so we are responsible to helping equip our people. And we've decided to go through uh, this book of the book of Daniel. Book of Daniel is, is one of the uh, amazing prophetic uh, books in the Bible. And uh, inuna po natin yung Isaiah, if you remember. Do you remember our series on Isaiah? Uh, so nauna po yun, uh, chronologically speaking. So nauna po siya, um, nung nagkaroon po ng, uh, nagkaroon ng uh, 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 400 years of God reigning uh, in the nation of Israel, He has reigned and governed the nation through different judges. And after he had done that, the people cried out for kings, human kings, because of the neighbors they're seeing. And so the Lord had provided three consecutive kings to the nation of Israel. We have King Saul, we have King David, and the last one was King Solomon. And when King Solomon came forth, right after his reign, there was a, a, a civil war in the nation. The nation was divided into two. The southern part and the northern, uh, northern part and the southern part. Northern part, there were 10 tribes. In the southern part, there were two tribes. And the enemies came forth. Uh, the nation of Assyria had been used of God to bring about discipline to the nation. And they first attacked, uh, you know, the, the, the northern uh, nation called the nation of Israel. The southern is called uh, the nation of Judah. And so Assyrians attacked this first, and then Isaiah came forth and started writing, and, uh, and he was the one sent by the Lord as a prophet to assist God's people. And then for 209, uh, 209 years, it became in, it, it, it existed. And right after that, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the southern nation of Judah, where Jerusalem was, existed for 325 years. And the first nation who came on and attacked the nation was no other than Babylon as led by Nebuchadnezzar. And we've been talking about him the last three weeks. Uh, today, we're going to talk about chapter 3 of the book of Daniel. And we're still in this process of seeing 
uh, how young people at the age of 13, 14 years old, some are saying they were in their 20s, some are saying they were in their four, uh, 13, 14 years old, taken from the nation of Israel, brought to Babylon, traveled 2,700 kilometers as the top uh, um, uh, 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 the sons, sons, and sons of nobilities and, 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 and wealthy families in Jerusalem. They were brought to Babylon, and these kids, some of them uh, were identified, and they were Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we see here, they've gone through different tests, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter two. now in chapter 3, we're seeing that Daniel was assigned somewhere. He was assigned somewhere, and, and apparently the king, uh, after hearing the dream and the interpretation of the dream he had in chapter 2, which was about an idol uh, divided with different types of metals. Head was made up of gold. He had a dream when he woke up one morning. Head made up of gold. Chest was made up of silver. The belly part, the middle part was made of bronze. His legs were made of, of iron. His feet were, were mixed with iron and clay like ceramic. And, 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 and a rock coming from heaven came forth and struck the feet of that, of that statue and it collapsed like, a, like baby powder. And that rock became the mountain that surrounds the entire world. And that rock is representative of the kingdom of God. And it destroyed the entire statue. But during that time, Daniel only identified the nation, the, the head part, which is the nation of Babylon, as led by Nebuchadnezzar. They have yet to find out who represents the silver and the bronze. But we all know 2,600 years later, we can identify those nations now. If you study human history. But during that time, they can only identify the head. And so when he found out that the head is a representative of Babylon, and there will be another nation right after the, the, the golden years of Babylon, he recognized there's going to be an expiration date. And he doesn't want to have expiration date as far as his kingdom is concerned. So he decided in chapter 3 to put up a new image. This time, it's more of like an obelisk, around 90 feet tall in the, in the middle of a, a desert in, 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 in that place. And, 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 and around, uh, around six meters wide. So it's more, it's more like obelisk, made up of, not completely made up of gold. They say it was made up of wood, but it was covered with gold. Could you imagine from afar when the sun would rise? You could imagine the, you know, it would be, it'd be shining and it'd be hard, hard to behold that obelisk. And so that was the picture. Why? Because he wanted his kingdom to be without end. He just doesn't want to be part of the head. He wanted to be the entire image. But how many of you here believe that the only kingdom that will exist forever is the kingdom of God? And so we see his heart is so, he was just the epitome of narcissism. We call it today selfies and self-centered, whatever. But he was just so consumed about himself and his power and his, and, and, and his kingdom. 
But something happened here in this. And, we, and, and I've given you a background. But allow me to read, starting in verse 8. Let's all stand as we read God's word together today. Starting in verse 8. And let me go through these verses with us as we move along. Verse 8. Therefore, at the time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. And they declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made the decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, uh, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods and, are, and worship gold, uh, or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made well and well and good, but if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into the burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning furnace and will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. This is the word of the Lord today. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for encouraging us today, helping us during this Mother's Day, helping us a day before election to see how it is to be a conduit of your blessings to the nation. Lord, we're grateful we're here today, looking forward for what you're about to do in our nation. Give us wisdom to hear you today. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody say amen and amen. Go ahead and take your seats. I'd like to go ahead and jump into the different types of people mentioned in this passage of Scripture in chapter 3. This is a long story, but I'm just going to try to capture uh, the, how these young men responded without even their victory group leader. I mean, without even Daniel, all right? Daniel was assigned somewhere. But these three guys, Shadrach, Bishak, and Abednego, were there, and they were part of of uh, the civil service during that time. They were uh, taken uh, by the government and, and uh, they had changed their names and they had education, and, uh, but they were able to negotiate as far as, the, as their food intake and dietary uh, 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 um, portion 
uh, are concerned. So they were able to negotiate uh, with that type of, uh, uh, had that conversation with the chief eunuch. But this time, they were, you know, uh, you know as I've said, that the, uh, Nebuchadnezzar put up this huge image. Now there was uh, not only a huge image, but he had put up a, a band. Okay, and the band was complete with all those instruments. And the scripture kept on repeating those instruments, all right? And so this must be important. He really prepared for this. And when you see this song and this sound of music, everybody ought to bow down and worship the idol. Now, we're not talking about general public. We're talking about the satraps, magistrates, the leaders, the governors of the land. They were called upon they were, during the dedication day of this huge obelisk, an image of himself. And this time, everybody ought to come and worship. And as he had done this, I recognized from the scriptures three types of people in society. Would you want to know those types of people? The first one is called the conformers. Conformers are are motivated by the fear of consequences. Conformers are, because of fear of consequences, they would really do whatever the instruction the, 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 the king would give. So we all know what happened if you go read these passages of the scripture. Um, and we, we see in verse 7, Therefore, as soon as all the peoples... Heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music. All the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. These are the conformers. These are the conformers and because they're afraid to be sent, you know, when you don't worship this idol, you be thrown. Not only that he had an idol, not only that he had a band, but he also put up a fiery furnace. And in the fiery furnace, if you don't worship, you be thrown to the fiery furnace. And so, to cut the story short, everybody bow down except these three young men. These three young men stood up. I don't know if, it depends on, on your height, I guess. Uh, but if you're too tall, then you be, you know, I mean, it's like, come on, it's easy to pinpoint who these kids are, you know. But, but it seems like it was so natural that they didn't mind it that much. And, and but, you know, but there's a, in our society, we are being brought to a place where we, uh, we're forced to conform to the image of our culture. Yes, there's an image here, but there's also an image in our culture being pushed. The agenda of our culture is, is, is being pushed on us so that we will conform to the image of our culture. And the scripture has said that. It's something to say about that. Do not be conformed any longer. To the pattern of this world. Yes, folks, Babylon is still alive. It's not, it's not a 2,600-year-old nation. 
it's not an ancient dead nation. It's still alive in Santa Rosa today, apparently. The nation of Babylon. The spirit of Babylon is in the culture in our cities. And it's forcing its way to our mind and hearts because we are being asked to conform to society's image. Will you bow down? That's the challenge for us today. If we will bow down to that or not. During that time, worshiping that idol is not just a religious act. But this, is, this instruction came from the king himself. So this is more than religion. This is government instructing people to worship. In other words, should you not conform and fall down on your knees and worship this idol, it will be treason. That's treason. It's not just, oh, you know, sorry, ah, hindi kasi ako born again, or hindi ako so sorry, exempted ako. But it's not. It's, it's against the government for you not to bow down on that obelisk. And so, and so you could imagine the pressure you could imagine the pressure, but I want you to know if there's one, conform, uh, uh, one area where we should be conforming. We should be conforming into the image of Christ. The scripture has told us in Romans, in, uh, the scripture has, has told us in Romans 8, for, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That's the only time that we get conformed, and that is to the image of Christ, not conformed to the pressure of our society. Are we here today? And that is the only area where we should bow down. Yes, we should not be bowing down to the pressure of society, but we should only bow down to only one person, and he is the Lord and Savior of the entire world. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so having said that, we move on. So we had conformers who bow down anytime. And then we move on to verse 8. We see here in verse 8, Therefore, at the time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously, say maliciously, maliciously, Accuse the Jews, the Jews, that means the kids, the three of them. And so we have conformers, now we have the intriguers. For, for, forgive me for the words. I couldn't find a word, informer, pero intriguers, they're, they're into intrigues. There's a sense, there's a malicious intent. Hindi yung ignorant, I'm sorry, hindi ko sinasadya na label kita. No, 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 no. This is maliciously planned. These guys are intriguers. Certain Chaldeans, could it be that they were some of those senior guys in civil government that when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came, na overrun sila at na-promote si Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, naunahan nila yung mga Chaldeans. So, could you imagine the inget factor in it? Sa sobrang inget, sino pa mag-intrigue? Sino, mag, sino mag-propose ng fake news kundi yung mga na, 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 naisahan, di ba? 
And so they're the ones, ang tawag natin, intrigero ba? Walang ginawa ko di mag-intrigue. Maliciously, try to maliciously hurt people. That's what the scripture says. Maliciously accuse the, the, uh, the Jews, uh, three of them. And so these intriguers came and tried to destroy their reputation. And uh, those are the two types of people in our society, conformers, intriguers. But today I want, I want us to look at the next one here, the, uh, um, that passage in Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The third type of people in our society that we ought to be are not conformers, not intriguers, but transformers. I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about the root word of transformation. Transformers. People who are bringing about change in society. People who are conduit. As Christians, our job is to bring about change. We always hear that. You know, I don't know if I can see, say that term. When we say that term, then you would know the political color, right? But let me just remain in English, right? I don't want to translate it to Tagalog and then, oh, ano yun na? Oh, ganito kulay nun na, you know. English na lang muna, Okay. And, and transformation is, has something to do with change. We, bring, we are change agents in our societies. We are transformers. And the scriptures have given us so many instructions on how we should live out in society as transformers. Well, one of them is to pray. Thank you, Pastor Savior, for leading us in prayer today. Pray for the election tomorrow. Pray for the nation. And there is such a thing as preach. We preach the gospel. And there's such a thing as participation. We participate in the life of our nation. We don't isolate ourselves and go to caves. And the other one is, I'm about to mention that to you in a while, because it started out with these guys themselves. They protested. But before I jump into that, we're called to pray, preach the gospel, so that the only solution to our society, which is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, could be heard so that there'll be peace in the land and, and people would uh, find salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ, not to any political candidate. Salvation is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there is such a thing as participation. We participate. That's why we go out tomorrow, if you're above 18 years old, and express our rights of suffrage, the, our rights to vote. And we do that with sincerity in our hearts. And if I'm going to vote tomorrow, I'm going to do it with a sense of responsibility, almost like an a spiritual act to me. And I'm going to go there in that small booth, in that little school, in somewhere in my city. And, and I'm going to sit down and shade those oblongs by faith. And I am going to participate 
I had the chance to go to different meeting the Avance. Uh, not because I'm really rooting for, you know, for the political uh, parties, but it's because uh, the ones running are from church. So I feel, you know, I feel good going to the meeting the Avance of people who are running from mayoral office in, in, in Metro Manila. Apparently, there are four of them from Victory attending our church. And so we decided some we visited. We had the time to pray with Pastor Jure and, and Pastor Manny with our bishops. Uh, the other time, what, last two Mondays ago, the next Monday, we had a chance to meet up with another, another uh, uh, mayoral candidate uh, near our office. And that mayoral candidate invited, uh, invited uh, the spouse who's running for Senate. So there are the two of them. We prayed for them as pastors. And uh, a day after that, uh, I had the chance to go to somewhere, somewhere in the other part of the city. Uh, went and, and went to the meeting the advances. One of the uh, guys running for mayoral office. And after around 12.30 <laughs> in the evening, I got a chance to approach him. We, he was shocked I was there. He hugged me. He was weeping. He was crying. That, that one of our pastors showed up. And I prayed for him, and I got home around 1.30 in the morning. Good for him, but not good for me. <laughs> and, then the, and then last night, for the last night, near, near my house is the meeting, the avance of one of our mayoral, mayoral candidates attending our church. And I, went, I just went in there, and, and one of the concijal is from church as well. And so we, I texted and... And that was it. I just, uh, you know, sent them some of the... I wasn't able to meet up with them because of the chaos. I went home earlier last night. Thank you, Lord. But I'm trying my best as a, as a Christian. And it just happened I'm a pastor. Uh, to cheer and pray and send verses of encouragement uh, to, to those who, of us who are from church who are wanting to participate in this civil government life of our nation. And I believe some of you are in that position today. Some of our kids are going to be running for office someday. Some of our kids in the kids' church are going to be mayors, senators, congressmen. Uh, they're going to be city councilors. They're, they're going to be mayors and vice mayors. They're going to be world changers in our society someday. They are going to participate in the life of the nation of the Philippines. And we are going to disciple them. Are we here today? Are we excited for that? So that, that's our part. But apparently, not only that we get to pray, preach, and participate, if needed, we can protest. Yes, you heard me. If needed, we can protest. We see these three young men protested. And what was it? If you don't bow down with this, uh, to this image I put up, you are going to commit treason and I'm, you're going to be thrown into the lake, into the fiery furnace. And that's what happened. And so, uh, so we, we had conformers, intriguers, now the transformers through Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What were their 
status and the description of their character uh, uh, as far as these young men are concerned. Well, obviously there's courage. Courage to follow God's ways. They had courage to follow God's ways. We're talking about teenagers here. We're talking about Mother's Day. I mentioned to our church two weeks ago, Pastor Johnson, when we were in monochrome. I, I, in the middle of my sermon, I prayed for the parents. My burden, you know, I said, when I get to heaven someday, I want to meet the parents of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. And I'm going to congratulate them and say, how did you do it? I mean, your children ought to be putting their fist in the air, resenting God that they were kidnapped from their nation, taken out from their nation, that all the reason and excuses to be bitter about life, and yet they made the stand. They're commendable, but I commend the parents more. How many of you here believe that parents need we need the grace of God in our lives. Come on, parents. We need the grace of God in our lives. How can our children fight even though their parents are not around and really love the nation and love God and not compromise? Oh, God, have mercy. Help us, Lord, as parents. Help us in Jesus' name. Courage to follow God's ways. Verse 14 says, Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They were called upon. And so he said, Is it true that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now if you're ready, when you hear the sound of, the, of, this, uh, of this band, I want you to fall down and worship the image that I've made well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall be immediately be cast into the burning furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Who? It's almost like Nebuchadnezzar was saying, no God will ever save you, not even my golden image. No God, not your God, not the gods of the pagan, but only me. This is the epitome of narcissism right here. It's serving himself. He is God. Who will save you from my hands? Then confidently, verse 16, they answered, O Nebuchadnezzar, kailangan pa bang yan? That's what he said, verse 16. Kailangan pa bang yan? Hindi, yun translation ko sa Tagalog dito eh. Hindi na kailangan i-memorize yan, O King. Verse 17, If this be so, that we will be thrown to the fiery furnace if we do not worship, our God whom we serve is able... Where were we? Is able... I lost my, I lost my, uh, my points here. Okay, so first, they had the, they had the let, me, let, me, uh, let me say this first. They had the courage to follow God's ways, to obey God, and probably the parents had more something to do with this as far as 
putting input. And I remember my daughter. Uh, I had conversation with Elizabeth. My my daughter is 30 year old here. I have, I she has she has a she has a baby now, and I'm a lolo now. And we had a conversation the other day, and she confronted me. Is it true, Dad, that you're gonna vote? And then, oh, how did you know? It's not yet votation. You know, it's going to be Monday. So how do you know that that's the people I'm going to vote? Tama naman, di ba? Eh, bukas pa yung votohan. Paano mo nalaman sino iboboto kayo? Bagong magbago isip ko. So, di ba? So I was as a dad, you know, you tell me because, hey, you taught me. This is what Elizabeth told me. She says, dad, you taught me growing up. I've watched those videos, Remember? You taught me. Ako pa You taught me. Uh, and, uh, and, so, and so we tried to talk for the first time, talk politically in the house. At least now she's 30 years old, so we can be straight. But, uh, but I couldn't give her a straight answer as well. I said, hey, look, it's, you know, uh, uh, election is on Monday. So I, you know, I, can't give you, I cannot give you straight answers right now. But my point is that they had courage enough to follow God's ways at that age. That they, can make, they could make a decision not to bow down to that image. And that's what they did. And also they had confidence in God's ability to deliver. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says, We have no need to answer this. God is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. That enough confidence, not just courage, but confidence in God's ability to be able to save. Are we here today? And that's, and that's no wonder why they made it in Hebrews chapter 11, 34, if I'm not mistaken. That these men quench fires. These Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were men, young men of faith. That confidence in God's ability to save. Say God's ability to save. But at the same time, not only that they had the courage and the confidence, but they also had conviction. Conviction to do what is right in God's sight no matter what. This is what they said. But if not, now look at this. Look at their reasoning. Mr. King, our God is able to deliver us from this fiery furnace because he's really that powerful. Now, should he not save us from the fiery furnace? I want you to know, Mr. King, that we will not bow down and worship and serve the image that you have set up. You know what it means? Major dramatic in the way they said it, but let's put it in our life today. A relative is battling with cancer. And, and now a relative, you're a Christian, the relative is a Christian, we're trying to encourage one another. And then your relative says, and your relative says, God is able to heal me from my cancer. How many of you believe that God is able to heal us from our sickness and diseases? Come on, raise your hands. Come on now. He's able to save us from, from uh, heal us from our sickness and diseases. But it be, it'll be, it'll be shocking 
if your relative would look at you right straight in your eyes and say, but even if God would, wouldn't send the healing for me at this time, I am still going to serve God. Come on, let's give him praise. Give, let's give him praise for that. How many times have we had people saying, Lord, I've been serving you, but do I deserve this? Why is this thing happening to me? Why did I lose a loved one during the pandemic? Why? Because of this, I don't know if I'm really going to serve God. Then you're resenting God. If your comfort and safety is the ultimate value in your life, overriding your faith in the Lord, then I would like, as your pastor, on behalf of the pastor in Victory Santa Rosa, I'd like to encourage you to have a talk with the Lord. Really. If the only thing that you value is your safety and comfort, overriding against all things, Mag-usap po kayo ni Lord. Wala na pong prayer na ipagpipray sa inyo. That would be enough. Ikaw na mismo kumausap kay Lord. Because as of these kids right here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, yes, they were courageous. Yes, they had confidence in God's ability. But they also have conviction to say, if God would decide... Who am I to presume on God's will for my life? Who am I to say, God, you ought to set me free from the fiery furnace? No, 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 no option. You are going to save me. You know, the mere fact that they had the confidence, that's already commendable. You know why? Because it was written in Isaiah that you may walk through the valley. You may walk through the stormy seas. You may go through. There are verses in Isaiah that it was written. I could imagine that it's still fresh. That it might have been passed down to them. By those uh, people who have gone through Babylon earlier. Uh, from, the southern, from the northern part of the ones who were brought by the Assyrians. I could imagine they could have had access uh, to these verses. Let me see if I can find these verses. Uh, right now as I close this message. Uh, there are verses in Isaiah 40 verse 10. Fear not for I am with you. Not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 43 verse, verse 2. Isaiah. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, listen to this. This is Isaiah. Before Daniel came, this is what he said. When you walk through the fire, it shall not burn, be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. Could it be that when these three guys were standing, they knew Isaiah? And they were saying, ah, give it to me. Ah, give it to me. Now you're being called by the most powerful human being in the face of the earth. His name is Nebuchadnezzar. Go ahead. Make my day. So they had their, they met up with the most powerful human being. Now look, the ones, the, the people who were there were powerful, influential people in the land. And they all bowed down. 
Could you imagine the pressure? And the most powerful human being in the world called them forth for them to give an account. And yet they were standing, these three young boys, and said, I want you to know, Mr. King, that we will not bow down to that image that you set up. Now, I don't think they were doing that out of pride. Because if they were doing this out of pride, they could have shouted when they were standing earlier. When everybody bowed down and they were standing, they could have shouted at the back of the, you know, at the back of the crowd, say, hey, you guys, we are not bowing down. They could have shouted out of, you know, flaunting, you know. We are not No, 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 no. It took certain Chaldeans to tell on them. Are, are you here with me? So their attitude was so positive that even when they met up with Nebuchadnezzar, they stood up with confidence because they believed in God's word and promises that they could still make that stand and have confidence in the ability of God to save. Amen. Come on, let's give him praise. But something happened. There's a shift of gears and from confidence to conviction. A while ago, courage, confidence, faith, Hebrews 11. Then went right straight to conviction and said, even if Mr. King, if God won't show up, we will still not bow down to your God. Now that is confidence in God's, whether he's able to save or would not want to save they still not going to bow down and compromise their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. May we all be found with that kind of faith and conviction. Not just the courage, not just the confidence, but the conviction to do what is right no matter what. Who among you, you want to have that kind of heart that you will do what God was wanting you to do no matter what. That's your heart. And that's what we got. We, that's, that's, that's commendable. And as we end today, just to let you know what happened right after that, well, God showed up. We all know God showed up. I don't have time to go through it right now. You read the rest of the story. I'm more concerned with how they responded. Because I want us, transformers would, you know, would require us to be courageous. And Hebrews chapter 13 verse 2 says that passage of scripture should you resist, if you will incur judgment on yourself. Should you resist. And, and there are times uh, the situation would call for you to resist. And when you resist, then you will face the consequences. In fact, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer has this to say about uh, during World War II. Can I read this? The, Dietrich Bonhoeffer had this to say, and this is what he said. Silence in the face of evil is it itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. In other words, you cannot afford as a, as a believer not to speak. If you don't speak, you're actually speaking. If you don't act and do anything about it, you've already acted. Are we here? But you've acted on the, on the wrong side. And so what I'm saying here today is that not, you know, that God is going to equip us through his word. And I want us to continue to believe 
that He has a plan for our nation. We're going to hold on to that plan no matter what. And tomorrow as we go out, we're going to have that confidence as well. Amen? And I want to say this uh, as, as we end today. We all know what happened. The Lord showed up. Um, you know, uh, when, when they didn't bow down, they were thrown to the fiery furnace. And the guys who brought them to the fiery furnace that has been heated seven times hotter. And those guys who brought them died on their way. That's how hot that was. And while they were there, the Bible says King Nebuchadnezzar looked and went and, and noticed something inside. In the, in the version of Septuagint, it's another version of the Bible in the Old Testament, Hebrews, that was translated to Greek. They had their own version of verse 24. Let me read what it says in verse 24 in Septuagint version. This is what he said. If I can find it right now in this long, uh, long note, it says this. And Nebuchadnezzar heard them singing. This is the Septuagint version. Heard them singing praises. And he wandered and rose up in haste and said to his nobles, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they said to the king, Yes, O king. Nebuchadnezzar heard them singing. It sounded like those two guys in jail in the book of Acts. Remember when those two guys were singing? Earthquake came. Some of you, when you sing, storms would come. <laughs> but these guys on jail, when they were in jail, earthquake came. But these guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, according to Septuagint version of verse 24, they were singing praises to the Lord. Do you know that you can sing praises to the Lord even in the midst of fire in your life? They were singing praises, man. They were singing praises and they were walking. And the king said, did I hear some music? Then he looked. Yes, true enough. They were walking. And they were singing. And they were unbound. And they were not three, but four. And the fourth man looked like the son of the gods. Jesus Christ showed up. Their confidence were real. The confidence that the Lord is going to not let them be burned in the fiery furnace, according to Isaiah, did happen. And not only that they did not burn, they were unbound and they smelled no fire. They did not smell like fire. They were taken out from the burning furnace. And not only that, the fourth man was with, with them. As I end, I say our willingness to take a stand for God against all odds will make us more powerful witnesses for Christ. When you make your stand, when you make your willingness to take a stand for God, for God against all odds, will make Make us more powerful witnesses of Christ. This has been the Victory Center Rosa podcast. To see more church updates, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Victory Center Rosa.